Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to talk to you today about sex. Now that I have your attention, let me give just a little bit of background. Our second reading for this week is from Paul's letter to the Romans. We've been reading from it now for the past several weeks. It comes from the end of the letter, chapter 12, toward the end of the letter. Paul is laying out for this little Christian community in Rome in the mid-first century. He's laying out a vision of the Christian moral life. The first part of the letter is all about justification, how we are set right with God in Jesus Christ, how we become friends of God again through the cross of Jesus. But then Paul says, now we need to live consistently as the friends of the Lord. So, the moral life is laid out. Paul does not drive a wedge, by the way, between justification and sanctification. We're justified, and now we must live as people who are justified. We must become holy. There's a line now from this reading I want to share with you, because I think in many ways it sums up the Christian moral life. Listen. I urge you, brothers and sisters, Paul says, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Let me read that again to you. I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Now, first thing to notice, Paul is not a dualist. Plato's a dualist, the Greek philosopher. Plato said the goal of the spiritual life is to escape from the body. The body's like a prison, and the soul wants to escape from it, which is why death is such a great release. For Plato, many of the disciplines of the intellectual and spiritual life were meant simply to free the soul from the body. Well, there's none of that in Paul, not one bit of it. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul's a Jew, studied at the feet of Gamaliel, the great rabbi in Jerusalem. He's filled with the anthropology of the Bible. And in a biblical perspective, the body means me. It means myself. The body is mind, emotions, sexuality, blood, bones, every bit of me. That's the body. So first thing is, Paul is not a dualist. The Christian moral life is not the way Plato thought. It's not an escape of the spirit from the body. But now let's attend to the words. Offer your bodies, that means yourself, offer you, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Sacrifice. It's a word that's used all throughout the Bible, and I would say it's very alien to us. Because we just don't perform sacrifices as part of our religious practice. But boy, they did in the ancient world. 
I was reading a scholar not long ago who said, if you went back in a time machine to the ancient world, the thing that would most strike us, would most impress the modern person, is how prevalent sacrifice was. When you went to the temple in Jerusalem, that's what you saw, was this great slaughterhouse. Animals being sacrificed around the clock. What people did was, they would take a, a bull or a, a cattle or a goat or a sheep, and they would plunge a knife into it, the blood would spurt out, the animal would writhe and die, and then be burned up, sacrificed to God. The idea was, in and through this offering, we would reestablish a relationship with God. We would atone for our sins, we'd offer our thanksgiving and gratitude. This was just the common way people went about their religious business. Now, now, in light of that, look again at Paul's words. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. See what he's saying? Offer yourself, the whole of you. We would say mind, spirit, emotion, body, sexuality, muscle, blood, bones. Offer everything in you as a gift to God. That's the moral life. That is the moral life. Taking our own self and placing it, as it were, on the altar, offering it to God as a sign of gratitude. Now, watch. What did people do in the ancient world? Offer some old beat-up animal to God? No, no. They looked for the best. They looked for an unblemished lamb. They looked for the first fruits of their field. They looked for an animal that was pure and immaculate, Why? Because it would signal more fully, more completely, their love and their gratitude to God. What's Paul saying? Here's how you should live, you Christians. You should live in such a way that your whole self becomes a pure and unblemished offering to God. Imagine you're laying the whole of yourself on the altar as an offering to the Lord. Do you want it to be second rate? Do you want it to be run down, beat up, no good? No, on the contrary. You want to present as pure and beautiful and untrammeled an offering as possible. Now, can I suggest to you a way of thinking about the moral life? And now trust me, I'll get to sex. Don't worry. (laughs) I know I got you interested in that in the very beginning. A way to think about the moral life. Not primarily in terms of laws. Laws have their place, don't get me wrong, they do. But don't think of the moral life primarily in terms of laws and pleasing a lawgiver. Rather, in light of this, think of the moral life liturgically. Liturgically, it's an offering of yourself to God. And you want that offering to be as pure and perfect as possible. Now, let me make this a little more specific. Because the language of body, of course, signals this to us. What kind of sexual lives should we lead? Well, in accord with certain laws, yeah, sure, that's correct, I agree with that. But don't think of it primarily that way. What kind of sexual lives should we lead? We should lead sexual lives in such a way that our bodies remain pure and perfect and untrammeled offerings unto the Father, a living sacrifice of praise. 
Let me tell you now a couple of stories. This is maybe a few months ago. I was at a friend's house. And I was watching MTV. I don't get MTV up here at the seminary. We have a very limited sort of cable system, so I rarely see it. But I like rock music. I like pop music, so I was watching MTV. But you know what really struck me? And I don't think I'm a very prudish person. What struck me was, here's a channel watched largely by teenagers, I imagine. Let's say 12 through 20-year-old kids. The sexuality on display on MTV was, to me, shocking in its explicitness, but more, more than that, in its disassociation between sexual pleasure and anything like commitment relationship. It was just something you did for fun. Now, I know I'm sounding like an old fogey and everything, but I'm watching this show and imagining a 16-year-old with this display of sexuality. It's just you know, like, like eating good foods or it's just like going to a ball game. It's just something you do for fun and entertainment. What will that do to our bodies? What will that do to the bodies of young people? Will it turn them into pure and unblemished sacrifices to the Lord? I don't think so. And friends, this was confirmed for me by a book that I'm currently reading. I recommend it to you. It's by a fellow named Leonard Sachs. He's a a psychologist. And it's called Why Gender Matters. The book in general is about the whole question of gender differences. So how boys and girls, men and women, are different in the way they see the world, process the world, how they think, react, behave, etc. But there's a chapter in that book about sexuality. And I must say it had the same effect on me as watching this MTV program had. Namely, it kind of shocked me into an awareness of what's going on. He's talking about the way young people are behaving sexually now. Let's say kids from the age of 12 through 20. And he's noticing, by the way, that kids start having sexual relations much earlier than they did even 30 years ago. He comments, Even from 30 years ago, there's been a rather massive change in the sexual behavior of young people. He said, look, let's face it, we all know this from our own experience, from looking at the literature of the world, that young men tend to have sex in a much more impulsive way. Young men look almost first and foremost for sexual pleasure. Young women, traditionally, have been sort of a a check on men. Young women are looking for something more like relationship and commitment and so on. What's happened, Leonard Sachs is saying, even in the past 30 years, is that an awful lot of that resistance that's come from women has broken down. Sex has become, among kids, a very casual thing. Women, if you will, have given in to the more impulsive sexual style of young men. What's it done? He says loads of damage. Loads of damage psychologically. Now, why? Because, as the great religious tradition has known for 2,500 years, both men and women are meant to be drawn into a sexual relationship which is in the context of deep personal commitment, relationship, love. Now, when that breaks down, when sexual pleasure is separated from that great spiritual end, havoc is wreaked in the psyches of young people. 
So Leonard Sachs says that the offices of psychologists and psychiatrists across the country are filled with kids who have been so casual about sexuality that it's caused loads of problems in their psychological lives. More to it, these young people now are coming of age, entering into marriages. No wonder they're so troubled. No wonder all is not going well in these relationships. Do I sound like an old fuddy-duddy? <laughs> Maybe I do. But I'm echoing the words of this contemporary psychologist, and I'm echoing the words of St. Paul. What should we do with our bodies? And I mean this in the, in the very broad sense of the term. Do you want to offer to the Lord a tongue that has been engaging in all sorts of evil speech about people? Do you want to offer to the Lord feet that have walked away from the poor and the needy? Do you want to offer to the Lord hands that have reached out in violence? Do you want to offer to the Lord a mind that's polluted with all kinds of negative things? And do you want to offer to the Lord a sexual life that has become self-regarding, purely physicalistic? No, no. We want to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise. Let me close with this. Paul says to these first Christians in Rome, do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He's talking about pagan Rome. Don't be conformed to the styles and practices of pagan Rome. But now Paul's talking to us right now. Don't conform yourselves to the hedonism of the contemporary American culture. Don't conform yourself to the MTV view of the world. Rather, think of your body as a beautiful sacrifice laid on the altar. You want it to be unblemished and untrammeled when you offer that to God. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708 708- Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.